Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest, Brittany Cano, is the founder of Holistic Nurse Coaches, which is a nurse-led holistic wellness company. Ever since Brittany was a young girl, she loved creating experiences that inspired joy and creativity. She has a true passion for guiding others to prioritize their well-being so that they can fulfill their life's purpose with peace and passion. Through lifestyle medicine, movement, and mindfulness, she helps you heal and elevate mind, body, and spirit. Brittany holds a bachelor's degree in science of nursing and is certified as a life coach, personal trainer, health coach, EFT practitioner, Reiki healer, and yin yoga instructor. Through her holistic wellness programs and retreats, both locally and abroad, she utilizes her background as a registered nurse of over 15 years, combined with her expertise in holistic wellness and somatic training to bring you transformation that is both enjoyable and sustainable. Brittany, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to talk about this because this is such a hot topic right now. Before we dive into all the greatness you're doing now, let's throw it back. What do you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a veterinarian, an actress, a model, and in some music videos. As soon as I found MTV, I was like, I need to be a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that topic, what was like the go-to of like the favorite MTV music video back when MTV was actually music videos? I love Aerosmith and Salt and Pepper. Like MC Hammer. Yes. That will be in there. I remember being in the grocery store, like doing the hammer dance. <laughs> I did not know that about you. That's so funny. So how did the veterinarian actress model kind of combine or how did that kind of impact your childhood or what you were like as a kiddo? Oh, I was so obsessed with animals. I remember like my plane with my dad was that at 12, we would have the shed turned into a, a pretty much a little zoo. That was my vision, my dream. And I just always wanted animals. Like, I remember one time he bought me, I was like, I want a rabbit so bad. And he brought me whole like nine rabbits or something. What? Tons of rabbits. And then there'd be like black and white bunny rabbits and get out and like red in our <laughs> I was obsessed with animals so much. Always would try to rescue them if we would find them in the yard or in the woods. Now, did you grow up in a rural area that you were able to have all these animals or rescue the animals in these woods? Or where, where did you kind of grow up? I grew up in the Midwest in a very small town, very rural. We didn't have a farm or anything, so kind of backtrack on the story. The thing that didn't happen, it told my dad passed when I was nine, so I didn't get my big shed zoo that I was Come hoping on, for. Come on, Dad. I know, I know. I was like, you promised me it's fall, and I believed you. <laughs> but okay, we'll make an exception this time. But we did live rurally, very rurally. So there were little animals, squirrels, and bunny rabbits, and birds find often. I've learned something new today. Now, what was your childhood like as far and if you feel comfortable kind of during those formative years and transitioning into high school and then throw in like a traumatic event? I'm sure that definitely impacts things too. I would say we grew up very simple, like lower middle class. I have two brothers, mom, dad, pretty typical paycheck to paycheck. I was in dance and cheer. And that's why I thought I could be in those music videos. You could? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm 11. I mean, being in this song <laughs> video. <laughs> I played sports. And then my dad passed away, like I said, when I was nine, which was super tragic, like super dad. And we were very, very close. So that was really hard. Transitioned into teenage years, I became wild, party child, out of control. I was a party animal. 
Yet I also would keep a job, save my money, work one or two or three jobs, but I was out of control. Thank God I must have some guardian angels or something that followed me or that I'm here where I am now. And even though it was crazy, it was overall looking back much smoother transition than it could have been. Then fast forward, I went to nursing school and wanted to be a therapist or psychologist. And my mom encouraged me to go to nursing school instead, which was a good choice for me. And then I moved to Florida on a travel nursing assignment. That's how I ended up down here in Florida. Elaine, my like middle 20s. You truly embodied as a high schooler, work hard, play hard. So we love that for you. <laughs> I did. Because what's interesting is we sometimes say like, oh, mom, you don't know what I should do. So sounds like it was good guidance because I know I feel I told my mom, like, I want to do something different. I'm going to be this way and kind of rebel in that way. So with nursing, what really like drew you to it to stay with it and end up in travel nursing after school? I love nursing because I knew it was going to get me the hell out of my town as a travel nurse. And I knew I wanted to travel and go a bunch of places. So that was one thing that I really liked about it. I knew there was a lot of flexibility. Also love people. I love being around people, talking to people, caring for people. And nursing is super versatile. There's endless things you can do with that career field, which I'm very grateful for. It's very flexible. Also, I get to move a lot. I'm not somebody who would do well sitting behind a desk personally all day long. Like I just couldn't do that. So being able to move throughout the facility, the hospital, wherever was a good fit for me. And you're always learning. Everything is new every single day. How does travel nursing work as far as your assignments, where you go and how you impact and help the hospital kind of? So there's tons of job openings because we have a national shortage of healthcare workers. We always have, and we have even more of a shortage now, I'm sure. What happens is you find an agency. Again, there's tons of different agencies. So you fill out your resume, submit everything, and then they help you find a job. So you can say, I work in ICU, which is my case. I want day shift. I'm willing to go to these states. And they start submitting you to all of these hospitals that have openings. Sometimes you don't even do an interview, believe it or not. They look at your resume. They look at your his work history. And they're like, okay, you're hired. Come on in. And then you just do whatever, you know, basic job stuff you need to do to train. And you go to work and you usually get one to two days of orientation. And you start on your own in this new facility. And usually you're there around 13 weeks. Although that can fluctuate depending on the need of the hospital. I mean, you have to be a certain type of person to be able to roll with it. It's not for everybody. So you get money for housing. You know, you make typically more than you are going to if you're a staff nurse. And like you said, it's not for everybody. You just pick up your life and move and go somewhere else and jump into sometimes spires. <laughs> the situations, that's why I have those open needs. I like it, though. I liked the flexibility of it and the adventure part of it. Meeting new people, going new places. Now, did you have a favorite place? I mean, obviously you stayed in Florida, so I guess in Florida we really liked, but did you have a favorite place that you were able to travel to and go to? During the pandemic, we worked in Baltimore and loved Baltimore. Honestly, it was the favorite hospital and group of people I ever worked with. I love you all that I've ever worked with, but the Baltimore people are amazing. I think we all bonded too, you know, that trauma bonding working. <laughs> no kidding. We're just grateful to be around other unions and be doing meaningful work. Really enjoyed Baltimore though. It was great. We had good staff. We had enough help. The pay was great. 
the boss was flexible. Like, honestly, if I could have those work conditions in hospitals in Florida, I'd work a shift or two a month, maybe in the hospital. It's just not like that down here in my experience. (laughs) (laughs) When the holistic idea came to you, number one was how did you come up with this idea to even do holistic medicine? Because it's I don't want to say polar opposite than what you were used to, but kind of. And number two, what was it like working in the ICU during the pandemic? And of course, the trauma that came along with that. Good question. Let me take you way back. A little over 10 years ago, I was coming to one of those. I need to change my life. I've been partying hard for a while. And although this is still fun, there's a lot of like drama that comes with this. And I don't really want to be 80 with a hip replacement and a martini glass in my hand, like dropping it low, like three nights a week. Looking like leather. Just didn't seem like what I really wanted. I was feeling kind of empty. So at that time, I had a whole life transformation, healthier physically, mentally, emotionally. And once that happened, I was introduced to coaching, which is what I do now. And I wanted everybody in the world to know that, hey, we have the power to change our life for the better. This is amazing. Like you do not have to stay in this hamster wheel over and over and over again. Around that time is when I started my business. I had a patient come down in the ICU, code blue, heart stopped, trying to bring her back to life. And she was young, early 60s, preventable diseases, diabetes, heart disease, obesity. And I just remember thinking, okay, I can prevent people from ending up in this position. So that's when I started my business. The transition into the pandemic, looking around and seeing the toll it took on us as healthcare workers is when I transitioned at the time before that, I was branded as Faithful Fitness by Brittany. Ooh. Still doing holistic wellness coaching. During the pandemic, I transitioned into holistic nurse coaches and then did like a wellness retreat for healthcare workers, that kind of thing. That's kind of the storyline of my business. And then to talk about working during the pandemic, parts of it. I didn't realize how hard it was until hindsight. Like you're running on adrenaline. You don't really know what the heck is going on. You're just doing what you can. Honestly, pretty grateful that I didn't have to be locked in the house and had work that I got to do with people that I cared about. Although it was stressful. It was scary, especially in the beginning, because we had no idea if we were going to bring this home and we were going to die. And then we would get attached to patients. Because they'd be there for two, three weeks before they'd end up on a ventilator. So you got to know them. You know their family because they'd be calling, but they could come and visit. So that was really hard. I remember a few ladies that I, patients I had, I got really attached to them and they ended up making it. And it was, it was so hard. One of the doctors, he's like getting ready to come into the room and, hey, you know, you're in all of this gear, pretty much in a hazmat suit. And he's like, are you crying? Like, I can't breathe in this thing anyway. You know, it was sad. It was really sad. It was really hard for the patients as well to be locked in that room 24 7, no family contact. We're their only contact. And because of how severe COVID was in the beginning, we also needed to limit how much we were in the room with them. So it was a lot. It was a lot. I was burned out afterwards because I was also running my business full time, doing online coaching. And like I said, I was running on adrenaline. Then it got to the point where I started having stomach issues and realized, 
oh, hold on, I'm in total fight or flight, even though I'm doing some things to take good care of myself, it's not enough. Like I'm under way too much stress. But I didn't even recognize I was under all that stress. And what did that burnout look like? Because you and I have talked about this so many times because, and I don't know, I don't even think I've shared this on the podcast, but on my own journey of figuring out what stress looks like and how it impacts your nervous system and your stomach and your literal well-being. So what did that burnout look like for you? Or how did you kind of come to terms of being like, okay, I need to practice what I preach to my clients? So here's the crazy thing. I was meditating, exercising, practicing mindfulness. And I thought I was good, to be honest. And I thought I needed to be doing way more than I was doing. And then, like I said, I found when this, we were in New York, I found myself in the gastroenterologist office outside of New York City. And at least I have the wisdom to say, okay, even though my ego mind is like, do more, do more. My body's telling me something's going on here and I need to pay attention to this. And that's when I really started noticing how fear, scarcity, not enoughness was like, you need to work like 60, 70 hours a week. You are never doing enough. Like you can be better. Well, yes, we can always grow. And, but there is, like you said, our nervous system to take into consideration. And I wasn't really aware of how important that is. And I wasn't aware in which the degree I was in survival mode a majority of the time. So my burnout was more like, I can't rest kind of thing. It's hard to chill out. It's hard to sit still. I've got to constantly be doing things. And if I'm not like, well, let's go to the bar and get some drinks or, you know, during COVID, like, let's get to go drinks, right? Like that. <laughs> Those are so fun. Yes. Yeah, it was fun. That, that was pretty much the extent of how I chilled out, you know, besides exercising and doing some meditation here, you know, a few times. I mean, I did daily, but my chill out was like, let's drink, yes. exercise or meditate. But I wouldn't just chill and relax and really unwind. I was constantly thinking about my business, constantly thinking about how do I get more? How do I do more? How do I be more? And that was just a wake up call of my body. It really was. And I realized that high functioning anxiety for me and how I was really pushing myself to do a lot of what I was doing. I wanted to do it, but I also had a lot of anxiety around it and was white knuckling, pushing through quite a bit. And it took its toll. So I never got to the point where I didn't care about anything. But I did get to the point where I was just pretty exhausted. And once I did step away from traveling during the pandemic, that's where I really realized, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. And I didn't want to be around as people as much. Right. <laughs> a lot of space to decompress for quite a while. Anyone that knows me knows I have the same problem. If I'm sitting still, I'm lazy. I could be reading a book. I could be doing something. And it's still something I definitely struggle with. So selfishly, I'm going to ask you this question. How do you keep to it? Because you are in my head now as like the little angel on my shoulder, like, bitch, calm down. Stop worrying. So you're in my head all the time, just so you know. I I think about you more than probably my own boyfriend. (laughs) Sorry, Dan. So What you're doing is so impactful and I want to dive into next what you do for your clients. But how have you managed to like keep this fulfilled? And when you are getting a little overwhelmed, what are some of the signs you know, like, listen, you need to stop and chill or kind of come back to who you are and back to that mindfulness and all? 
it became even more clear what is important to me during that health scare. And then fast forward in the 2021, I had another traumatic event happen that really brought me closer to my heart, to my soul. It really, it did. And I had a, the opportunity to see that big view of life and what is really actually important. And yes, creating abundance is important. We're naturally abundant. We want to contribute, all of that. But if it's from that place of not enoughness, that not I like scarcity, then it's tainted in a way, right? It doesn't feel good. It causes so much stress and chaos in a lot of ways, right? I mean, it's not from, truly from my heart-centered values. So those two things were such wake-up calls for me that it created a really deep shift. Now I'll find myself wanting to get back in that super hustle mentality. And I practice being mindful of it, checking in to see how does it feel in my body? Am I getting overly anxious again in that scarcity? Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Or is this just, this is the time to hustle and get things done because I'm excited about these projects and I know the impact they're going to make. This is what I'm choosing to do, not that I'm feeling I have to do. And I spend a lot more time prioritizing rest because I know for a fact that it has so much value. It has just as much value as grinding it out, working, producing, being productive. Like the nervous system became so much uh, of importance to me, right? We have that sympathetic, which is the fight or flight and it allows us to take action when we need to. But then we also have that rest and digest and we need to have a balance between the two. And if we don't, our, if that's out of whack, it affects absolutely everything. Our relationship, our organs are overall health. So it was just so clear. So spending more time now, I prioritize downtime. I probably, people would look at my schedule and be like, yep, that much time just to go for walks and meditate and breathe. And I do, and I love it. It works for me, but it was some serious things that happened that made it of so much importance. And I teach this. So it's really important for me to be in integrity with this. And it looks different for everybody. Not everybody wants to have as much (laughs) leisure time as I do, but it is important to have some, everyone needs to have some downtime. And it takes a while and we're wound up so tight. It takes a while to get to that place to be able to rest. So you think if you're like way up here to get down here, it's going to take some time. (laughs) But then you're going to want to, I just look at it as a balloon, like, oh, you're going to want to go back. And it's like, nope, pull the string back down. Nope. Come back. Come back. We got this. And being on this conference, the summit we went to together and hearing you speak and just, I was laughing the whole time. You don't know me at the time, but I was like, wow, I just feel like super called out right now because you are correct. But I'm learning this and you have been like a huge proponent of a teacher, especially for me of like, listen, you can't do it all. Like you said, you have to take the time. Are you go, go, go? Or are you taking the time for yourself? And We came up with some great ideas during that downtime of turn your phone off, turn your watch off, don't look at it, and you'll be fine. And I'm like, oh, I haven't done this, I think, ever. Kudos to you for doing it and being willing to, because it feels like death in the beginning. Yes. And your ego mind, right, your surviving mind is also like, I need that cell phone to live. If somebody doesn't get a hold of me in the next two hours, my business is going to collapse. But it's not true. Right. The world goes on. And you start to find your inner peace and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is great. Exactly. 
Now, transitioning into talking about how you help clients, because you offer such a variety of services, and especially that coaching piece is so huge. I don't like to say like, what's your niche client, but who do you ideally like to help or work with? And what does it look like without giving away the trade secrets to work with you? I work with busy, stressed out professionals. Here's a caveat, though. So many people don't know they're stressed out. I talked to a lady today and she's telling me I'm rolling his way and I'm asking her about her lifestyle. And she's like, oh, I was like, how's your stress? She's like, oh, I don't have any stress. I homeschooled their kids. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, she do that. Maybe she doesn't. But she started telling me other things that made me think that she does have a significant amount of stress in her life and doesn't register it. So those are oftentimes the people that I work with who they're professional, they're high achievers, and they are stressed out. Sometimes they know they are and sometimes they don't, but there's something that they know is missing from their life. Everything looks great on paper, yet they aren't satisfied, they're unsettled, or they have something going on with their health. So we do that holistic approach. So we do, we look at the physical health, going on in your physical health. Some people are super fit and active, but they have high amounts of stress. They don't have any spiritual practices. They aren't really connected with their emotions and their relationships are really surface level. Everything affects everything. So we look at physical. Some people don't exercise. They eat like crap and they have no energy. So we'd really work with that piece. We look at mental health, social life, job, relationships. What do you do for fun? And then your spiritual life, what connects you to something greater than yourself? Are you living with the purpose? Are you living by your values? And then once we've done that comprehensive intake, things start to come out. Things start to become clear. And based on what they're wanting to work on, we create a roadmap. We work on that together. We do that through a variety of different tools, but it really is a simple process. Eliminating what's going on in their life, eliminating their strengths, weaknesses, or like where they're limiting themselves and then creating the life that they want to create. Clearing away the stuff that's not working anymore. It's no longer fulfilling you. Yeah, it served its purpose. Now it's time to something else that's <laughs> going to support you more. Right. Now, break it down. And I know this is such a silly question, but a lot of people that I feel like the ones that know, know like holistic health and the ones that don't, don't. But what is kind of the most surface level or basic description of what holistic coaching is? Perfect. Well, we're all holistic beings. So if anyone's like, I don't need holistic. Well, you are a holistic being. We all are. We have our bodies. We have our minds. We have our emotions. We have spirit, soul, whatever that is, your heart centered, whatever you want to call. Everyone has a little different definition I find in that realm. And then we have the things that we enjoy, our relationships, our jobs, our purpose, that kind of stuff in our life. And they all work together. They all have an influence and impact on all the other areas of the life. So when I work with somebody, we take all of that into consideration. So we don't just look at let's change your eating and your exercise habits. We also look at what are the beliefs that are having you not exercise? What's your history with this that's affecting you not being able to do these habits that you want to create in your life? Well, we keep it simple. It all makes sense. It all falls into place because we all are holistic beings and we address each person as so instead of looking at everything in isolation. Yes. Something that stuck out to me of 
spirituality. And I immediately thought, oh, it's like, do you believe in a certain religion? And as an agnostic individual, I was like, oh, I'm going to rate myself lower. And then you said something that has made me think about this so much more. No, are you doing your calling? Are you finding your life's purpose? Are you do- And you're going to phrase it better than me, of course. But that stuck out to me so much as someone that is very intuitive, like really checks my energy or I am the friend in the friend guru that's like bad vibes there. And I'm always right. <laughs> yes. And my mom is the same way as far as like, oh, I had a vibe today or I felt like what's going on and checking in on people. So I love that you're bringing up these pieces that are not the traditional definitions of what we're seeing in society or I mean, holistic coaching, you're, I mean, not even years ago, a few years ago, it's like, oh, that's woo-woo, that's too much, that's all hippie stuff. And it, it's really not. I had somebody say that, all of all the hippie stuff, and I was talking about breath work, and I'm like, the breath is not hippie. It's not hippie because we all breathe. It's very science-based that how we're breathing affects our biochemistry. It affects everything. There's fact science behind it. It's really not woo-woo to connect with your breath. We all have it. We're doing it 20,000 times a day. Yes. And actually, in the military, they train you on the same breath work of four in, four out, like four in the nose, four out of your mouth when you're in traumatic situations of if something happens. I forget the book and I'm blanking on it, but it is a like high level lieutenant, not lieutenant because they're lower, but whatever his title was, teaching all of his people how to breathe. When you go to airborne training, when you go into, you get thrown in freezing cold water, how to manage your breath work so you don't freak out and panic and pass out. People disregard that, right? It, yes. And it's so powerful. It's so simple. And it's a life changer. I have so many clients come to me, whether they're working with me one-on-one or they came on our retreat. I can't tell you how much breathing has changed my life. And to go back to what you said about spirituality, people get to define what that is for that. I think people hear spirituality, a lot of times think religion, and let's be honest, religion has a bad reputation for sure. For many, many people, and spirituality is so much greater than that, right? You can be religious and spiritual, but you can be spiritual and not be religious. And we all have that spiritual aspect. And some people don't give their spiritual life any attention. They don't you know, feel connected to something greater than themselves. They're not into being in service or they don't have a practice of compassion. Or they do, right? They are compassionate. They are forgiving. They do operate from love. And yet they're not aware that that is a spiritual practice as well. It's so true. And I don't even have the words to say it because I was like, whoa, that makes so much more sense. I am spiritual. <laughs> I am spiritual. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yes. We do get quite like a box, though, with the things that we've learned, the things we see on TV. So that's also something that I support people with is defining what is true for that. Because we're a lot of times living by our parents' standards, society standards, our job standards, and we don't even know what we truly desire. What's really authentic for us. And then once we know that, life just keeps getting better and better. Right. It really does. And (laughs) I wrote it down and I have it actually on my desk of the four you came up with that I stare at every single day. I love it. It's true. I made it pretty and purple and black. So it's... I love your creativity. I loved writing on paper as a child. So people are like, your handwriting's so nice. I'm like, I used to play with office supplies like my job. Perfect. You're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, It's (laughs) like, oh... 
we knew this purpose in kind of mending together what I do for a living and you do for a living, because there are a lot of synergies there of that burnout from work, of the like kind of being in that despair and saying like, I don't know what's on the other side. I have kids. I have my mortgage. I have rent. I have whatever. What are some easy tips that people can sit down and identify like, yo, you got some stress and you need to figure this out? Or what are some either like physical aspects, mental? What are you typically seeing in people or clients you work with? The body keeps the score is a true statement. The issue is in the tissue. So headaches, right? Frequent headaches, not being able to sleep, insomnia, like laying down, I can't fall asleep. On the other end, being tired all of the time, irritable, stomach issues, constipation or diarrhea, you know, like we're just bloating coming from not yet. Mind you, these things can be other things as well. But stress contributes to up to like 90% of doctor visits. You know, stress is a serious contributor to illness. So um, also just not being able to focus, not having enjoyment on what you're doing anymore. Everything feels hard, like new aches and pains. You're like, where did that come from? I don't even know. I don't know why I'm sore all the time. This can be stress, right? Stress carries in the body. So looking at the body, maybe your mind's telling you, like my mother, that you could be doing more. But the body's saying something else, and we need to listen to the body. body is so smart, and it's giving us signals that can support us. It's not what's wrong with my body. It's like, oh, my body is so smart. It's telling me something's off here. Let me pay attention and see what I need to do to get back to my baseline, my homeostasis, balance, right? Feeling good. And also just if your relationships are suffering, you're like, can't focus with the people that you're with. You're always thinking about something else. Maybe you're irritable with them. You don't feel connected to them. All of these can be signs of stress. And stress puts us at risk for type 2 diabetes. It puts us at risk for heart disease. That high cortisol and adrenaline going all the time is not something to play around with. You may not really feel the symptoms right now, but eventually they do catch up. And that's not what we're It's science-based. So I really encourage people to have practices that support them in relaxing, unwinding, feeling calm without substances. That's the hard thing, too, because when we unwind, a lot of times we associate with wine and that's drinks, right? Let's go have some fun. And that actually disrupts us even more in the long term. You know, in the short term, on tips, too. So having practices that help us unwind, because I don't know how many people, they don't want to sit still. I teach something called yin yoga. You'll hold the pose for up to five minutes and people are like, I hate it. Some people love it, but some people hate it. And I'm like, ah. This is great. That's just showing you that these practices are really challenging and an opportunity to build in more rest. We also need to prioritize rest alongside our hustle and our productivity. (laughs) I mean, we love our Western medicine and all, but to me, when I wanted to lose weight last year, I was the most I've ever weighed in my life. And was fine, but it was being told like, you need to lose weight. You need to work out more. You need to work out. I think it was like three to five times a week. And I felt so lost of like, I don't know where I can put this in my schedule because it was so draining to me because I'm a, I love hit works workouts. I love high intensity workouts. That's my jam. But no doctor could tell me what my issues were in my gut. 
No one was asking me about my, I mean, I was filling out the basic charts that they've used for 30 years. Like, what's your depression level? I'm like, this is like so surface level here. But when I started doing this holistic route, and I am not perfect by any means, I still have a very long way to go, but I started losing weight. I started coming down and weight loss wasn't the number one thing, but I felt better. I wasn't bloated. I wasn't high anxiety or like this week is a high anxiety week. But so I'm so thankful for this podcast this week. You scheduled it's like you knew. (laughs) But it's interesting because I know, but I don't feel like the train is going off the tracks and I'm going to fall down a mountain. It's manageable. I know when to sit back. I know when to okay, you're feeling that feeling of when you go down a roller coaster and that butterfly in your stomach, but you know how to fix it. And I think that's my favorite part of holistic coaching in medicine is it's like, I mean, my coach had told me, she's like, you are not to work out. You are to go on walks, walk 5,000 steps a day. I don't even care. You need to hit 5,000 steps a day. You need to take more breaks. And until you get your cortisol levels down, you are not doing CrossFit. You are not doing HIIT training, you are not doing high intensity workouts because you're going to go off the deep end and you're going to make this even worse and you're not going to see results. I'm so glad you brought that up. I worked at a, I was a trainer at a boot camp place and I would have women come in. They're showing me their food blog. They're getting like 1400 calories a day. There's some of them are coming in there twice a day. Wow. To these very high intensity workouts. And they were still 50, 60 pounds overweight, 70 pounds. They'd hit a plateau like the first month or two. They lost 10, 15 pounds. But when your body's under constant stress, it doesn't want you to lose weight. It holds on. It thinks you're about to go into war and it wants to hold on to the weight. We're prepared for the worst. Right. It does not think it's safe to lose the weight that's on. And it is so important to, like you shared, Angela, know our body signals. Like, oh, I'm going down that roller coaster again. <laughs> And being aware what's going on in our body, so much of it starts with awareness. Because we can get so caught up in the automatic of picking the kids up from school, going to school, going to work, going to class. And sometimes that's intense workouts are actually the opposite of what we need. We would benefit more from a yoga, a walk, Pilates. I have a friend who's overweight and she's talking to me about, I need to lose weight. And I'm like, you need to do less. And her eyes got all big. You can't be telling me I'm going to do less and I'm going to lose weight. I can't. Uh, for a fact. You can. You can. Right. <laughs> for a fact. I know for a fact that you, you do less because she works so much. And she's got three kids and she does everything around the house. She's always on the go. She's exhausted. You will lose weight if something shifts it. That's get more support. Get more help. Right. It's so interesting and it's so fascinating. And like we've had our confidence issues. I feel like any millennial woman like growing up in the Twiggy era, like you need to be tiny and tiny and no curves and anything like that. So I feel like we all had a little bit of drama growing up. (laughs) But something interesting of the whole like you need to eat healthy and only healthy foods. But I've learned to like listening to my body has really been helpful of like, I mean, here in Michigan, you know, you're a Midwest girly like summers and ice cream are the best. Oh my gosh. I lost weight when I stopped trying to diet and when I trusted myself to intuitively eat, I lost weight. When I was trying to do all those diets, my weight was up and down all the time. It's true. (laughs) And even counting, because with this coach, it was like, if you want to journal your food, so not counting calories, journal your food. And I had said, I'm like, listen, this is more stressful on me. And she's like, great, don't do it then. So I love this approach. And I know like we had shared back and forth and I wish I met you first because it would have worked with you. 
we will on the stress management for sure. But yes, you don't you don't need to eat awful food all day every day. But I used to and I'm I'm sad to say and admit this, but I was the person who's like, oh, you're craving a salad and a smoothie like you are health health as you. And I'm like, that could never be me. That could never be me. But now I'm finding I know what I like and what I don't like. I'm a huge arugula hater. Fun fact. Oh, I love it really low. I wish I did. Like a good prosciutto, like pizza. Oh, I love it. But I'm not an arugula fan. Anyways, listening to your body and I'm finding now I crave healthier food. I love a good French fry. If I could live on potatoes my whole life, I would. But listening to that really does make a difference. And I feel I'm at the best point of I don't mentally feel bad about I want tacos or I want something like a fat burger with fries like I don't feel bad about that and I don't feel like I have to like make up for it or just like go on a walk just do your little bit of things so do you have like a favorite success story you've had with a client you've worked with or one that really sticks out that you saw like a huge transition I had several let me think which one I want to share so I had a client who came to me and she was super anxious to the point Going to emergency room for oh my gosh, very bad anxiety, and so we started working together primarily on stress management. So shortly after that, she's noticing you know I'm still anxious, but I haven't come to the ER for a while. I haven't had a panic attack for a while, and then getting to the point where I'm working with my anxiety. My anxiety is not running the show here. And started incorporating eating better, exercising, our relationship with our families improved. So it's amazing how it has that ripple effect as well when we do things that support our own well-being. Everybody around us benefits from it. Our whole entire family sees the difference and it's inspired them to do things in their life, to eat healthier, to move more. And to just think that, you know, at one point she was going to the ER for panic attacks. And now she's able to manage her anxiety naturally without medication through very simple practices. And I think that goes to show, too, I mean, your energy around people or how you feel good or you feel drawn to someone. I mean, when I met you, I was like, I love her. Like, I don't know what it is, but you are great. You have great energy. And I felt the same way about you. Thank you. (laughs) I know you get told this a lot because I think we bonded over this over dinner, but Being told, and that's my favorite compliment in the world of like, you have good energy or you just like, I feel so much better. I feel great. I feel inspired. I feel whatever. And people don't realize your stress, like even if you're smiling at people and you think you're doing it and you're masking very well, there's still something off or I can, I am very empathetic individual and you send me in a room and I can tell you who's having problems right now. We just need to step back and You can't work if you're in the hospital or having panic attacks or unhealthy or you are super healthy, but your stress levels are through the roof. So I am so obsessed with what you do. Question for you. Are you taking on new clients or if someone's listening to this and wants to work with you, we'll include all your links in the show notes. But are you taking on new clients or what's that like for you right now? I am taking on new wellness clients, new one-on-one wellness clients. So if someone's interested, you get a whole hour with me to tell me all about you and actually it's a complimentary. So it's uh, if you're interested in working together, we get a whole hour together and you can tell me everything that's gone on with you. And then when you share that with me, I can say like, okay, kind of like diagnosing what's going on with you. I've been a nurse for almost 20 years. So I had that background and all of those other modalities and we can really come up with what the next steps are for you. So that is how you would reach me would be through my website. 
which is holisticnursecoaches.com. Amazing. And do you have any exciting events coming up? Well, I hope you come on my retreat next year. I'm coming on your retreat, but tell us about <laughs> your retreats or what do you have going on? Well, this is the perfect retreat for what we've talked about today. It's called Reset and Recharge. So it really is about resetting the nervous system, the mind, creating that inner call, and having a ton of fun. So we'll do daily practices that really help ground you, help you feel good, increase your energy, and also create that sense of balance. And it's an adventure. We're going to be in Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. It's a beautiful, magical lake. We've been to this place before. It's serene. There's all these little Mayan villages around the lake. Culture is rich, beautiful. Food is great. That's next year in September. Ooh, I'm excited. So I'll include the link to that if you want to sign up. Brittany, as we finish up this incredibly impactful podcast, what advice do you have for listeners? Yeah, I love this. So my advice would be to remember that we have the superpower of creating our inner calm. And I'm going to give you a tool to do that. We do. So often it's easy to say, well, he's the reason I'm in a bad mood. Or once this situation gets fixed, I'll feel better. And we actually have that superpower to drop into that inner calm in the moment and not be so based on everything that's happening outside of us. And one of the ways we do that is actually through our breath, believe it or not. So if you're not driving, then you may close your eyes. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, but you can still practice this. (laughs) So go ahead, feel your feet on the ground. If you want to, you can close your eyes on down as long as you are not driving. Feel the support underneath your body. You can feel the support where your hands rest on your body. Lengthen your spine. Start to relax those shoulders. Noticing the breath. And now here's the trick with creating that sense of inner calm. We want the in-breath to really travel down into the belly. Letting the belly rise, sides of the ribs expand. And on the out breath, letting it be nice, low, long. So we'll do three breaths here, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth for these. So taking an inhale. The end, exhale. Relax the shoulders. Breathing in. Letting go. Breathing in peace. Breathing out calm. Coming to that self-compassionate question of what do I really need right now? And maybe continuing to breathe this way would be supportive. What do I really need right now? I'm so relaxed now. And that took what, a minute? Yeah, not even a minute. I think it took probably like 30, 40 seconds. So we have that ability to support our state of being in seconds. Can you even keep your eyes open and do it? I need you to just bully me every day. Just send me a text. Be like, did you do it? Did you do it? Send your voice memo. Breathe. <laughs> I do that on my clients. They're like, like send them like a one minute, like, hey, I know lots to win out right now. <laughs> Just do this. Just do it. I swear. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I love talking with you. I love your show. Everything you're doing. 
Thank you. You are incredible. I can't wait to go on this retreat and see all the greatness you will continue to do. And those of you listening, if you want to work with Brittany one-on-one, head to the show notes. We want to go on the retreat and meet me in person. Let's go. I need a roomie. <laughs> You're going to meet awesome people too. I feel like that's one of the best things. People make for real friends that they've been in touch with ever since the retreat and visit on their own, talk to regularly. We have great Well, people. I flew to Dallas on that retreat from Catherine and I didn't know anyone. I had never even met her in person. And it was such great people. It reminded me of like a business retreat, but I was like, this kind of feels like a retreat. Fun. Awesome, fun, kind people up the big shit in the world. Like, this is awesome. Oh, goodness. Brittany, thank you so, so, so much again. And if you're listening, head to the show notes to contact Brittany and tune again next week for another episode of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.